Hello and welcome to the Together Podcast. I am your host, Dr. J, and with me is my co-host, Ruby. Thank you for listening, and we hope that this podcast will benefit your life. Well, I am excited and thrilled to be able to start a new podcast, and this one, I am starting it with my wife, which is a, a great privilege and a pleasure. She is my other. We've been together now for 23 years. Yep. And what do you think of those 23 years? They've been <laughs> wonderful. Oh, don't be lying. The, the listeners <laughs> know when people lie. <laughs> it really did fly by, though. Went by kind of too fast for me. Yeah. Yeah, it's been 23 years, four children, and a lot of exciting events, and some not so exciting, a lot of challenges, and uh, it's been quite a journey. So yeah. I wouldn't change a thing, though. Yeah, maybe less you know, tragedies. tragedies. <laughs> yeah, but it makes us who we are. True, true. You know, so, but it, we wanted to begin a podcast and start a podcast that can help other people. Not that we have all the answers, but we figured, you know, we've been married 23 years that we maybe have a couple of things, a couple of items that can benefit some relationships out there. What say you? Yeah, I mean... I know I benefited from family members who were in it 10, 20 years before us, especially our parents. And even when they weren't actually telling us, you know, or giving us guidance or advice, it's the way they live their lives or just what they did or didn't do, what they said and didn't, didn't say. I picked up on quite a few things. Yeah, and... Well, I, I hope that what we've learned over the last 23 years will be able to help others as well in their relationships. Yes. Well, today's title is How I Met My Other. So we, we have a story for you guys. You know, we've told it a few times and every time we tell it, people tell us that we should write a book and and the such. So, you know, we thought it was kind of normal, or at least I thought it was kind of normal, but apparently, you know, it's... It seems to be extraordinary. Yes. So take a seat. Hope yes. you have some coffee, tea. Yes, get some popcorn. You're for quite a ride. <laughs> but you know, we I, I was I was not a very good person, you know, many many years ago. I became a Christian the day after my twenty fifth birthday. I now have been a believer in walking with the Lord and serving the Lord for uh, just a couple of days over 25 years so and my wife pretty much the same but she was always a good person i don't know about that <laughs> you were i mean you weren't the bad person that i was well <clears throat> but if you say so but you know we wanted to tell you just a little bit about us i I dropped out of high school. Then soon after that, uh, about a year after dropping out, I joined the Navy and got out in 1993. And in 1996, I was pretty much tired of life and I wanted to end my life. 
Uh, and it was the day after my 25th birthday. And that's when I told people that's when the Lord came and rescued me, took me out of darkness and put me into his marvelous light. And therefore began my journey with God in serving him. When I was soon after that, I became a youth pastor and there's this uh, prayer vigil that we were having one day. And during this prayer vigil, the Lord spoke to me and he said, you know, the ministry cannot go forward or your ministry cannot go forward until you get married. And being a new believer, being a new Christian, I had no idea what that meant. So my question to God was, okay, well, where do pastors hang out to pick up girls? Because <laughs> that's that's the pattern that I knew. But, you know, the Lord said, you know, I needed to get married. So I, I had to really pray about uh, who I was going to marry because I wasn't dating. I wasn't seeing anyone. I wasn't doing any of that. I was just serving God. And during this time, my wife was going through some uh, situations as well. Yes, I was a youth leader helping out at my church. And I had been <coughs> saved about a couple of years, two, three years, and praying for a husband. I wanted to leave that up to God. I didn't want to choose my husband because I told him, you know, search the whole world and bring me my husband because you know exactly who I need in my life. And he did. And he didn't have to go that far because we grew up in the same neighborhood. We're kids. Yes. Well, when we came from Mexico, when I was uh, about eight years old, my parents uh, uh, became resident aliens. I was born in the U.S., so they became resident aliens. And we arrived here in San Antonio when I was around eight. And in my fourth grade class, my wife was a class member of mine. And our teacher had her as my tutor, uh, helping me, you know, pronounce the, the alphabet and the vowels and helping me with English and, and the such. And so, so I often joke and tell people that, you know, she, she, was, uh, she was my teacher. Uh, and then we fell in love. So she was the first Mary Kay Laterno. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't think that many people know about Laterno. Well, you know, they can look it up. <laughs> <laughs> but we we never really spoke. You know, we, we grew up. Then she moved. She moved to another side of town and we stayed in the same area. As I mentioned, I dropped out and then eventually... I uh, got back to San Antonio, and when the Lord rescued me, and he's telling me this, um, then he tells me that I need to call Ruby. Now, immediately I knew who he meant, even though we hadn't spoken in like 18 years. I knew who, who he meant, so I said, well, you know, what if she's married, if she's engaged? What, what, you know, I started making all these excuses, the Moses excuses. I, I was making all these excuses as to why I shouldn't call and then the Lord supernaturally gave me a phone number to call. I called this number and I said, I need to leave a message for a Ruby. The lady on the phone on the other side said, okay. Didn't tell me if, you know, that was the right Ruby or nothing. She just said, okay, took the message. I said, this is Jose, if you can have her call me. Uh, and then... You know, I left it at that. And then about 30 minutes later, I get a phone call. I told my secretary at the time I was a youth pastor, so I was going to 
to the store. So I told the secretary, I said, if anyone calls me forward, I'm over to my mobile phone. And sure enough, about 30 minutes after that, uh, I received a phone call and it was her. And she was telling me that it was her last day of school. Uh, she was a teacher and she was about to go on Christmas break. And I was busy, so we really couldn't talk. So she just wanted to touch base and said, you know, maybe I'll call you later. Yeah, we had like 30 minute lunches as teachers. We had to eat in a hurry. And uh, but going back to our fourth grade teacher, I'm just reminded he was just an amazing teacher. You know, he was one of the best. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the kids in the neighborhood just really loved him. And But I always wanted to be a teacher on my dad's side. There were teachers. And so anyway, I worked in a low income uh, school, low, the district, you know, that I worked for helped needy children. So that day I happened to go to the office to, and I have a message. I don't know why I went to the office that day, but I think the Lord was guiding me. And I did see a message there. So I called from the school phone and that's when we touched base. And yeah, I kind of knew who he was, kind of didn't, but we really hadn't had a conversation since we were children, fourth grade. We moved away when we, I was seventh grade after our seventh grade school year, we moved to the South side of town. So I was about, what, 13, 12, 13 years old. So our yeah. next conversation was like, what, 14 we were, years later? Yeah, but we never really spoke. No. It's, uh, she just pinched me so that I could say I, <laughs> pre- be able to pronounce you the word. You must have been a stubborn uh, learner. <laughs> you must not have been listening to me. Probably. I was mesmerized. Oh, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> and so, you know, she calls me. We hang up, and then that evening she calls me back, and I'm in a prayer vigil again, and, you know, I step out real quick to answer her phone call to tell her that I can't talk. Rude. (laughs) So I told her, I said, you know, I really can't talk right now. I'm really busy. But then, you know, I knew right then and there that she was after me. Right. (laughs) I was being obedient to the spirit because she said (laughs) you know tomorrow there's a wedding i want you to see if you want you to come with me yes totally out of character for me i never thought i'd be asking a guy out but here i was (laughs) Yep, and uh and of course i i said yes i was playing hard to get so i said yes real quick and so the next day uh, i pick her up and you know this whole time i know that God told me to tell her, you're going to be my wife. You know, tell her that she's going to be your wife. So we get to this wedding. I, well, I get to her house. I pick her up. And we go to the church part of it. And I'm looking at her and I'm just thinking, you know, tell her she's going to be your wife. And I just never worked up the courage. We go to the uh, reception and I'm looking at her and I'm telling her, you know, I'm in my mind, I'm hearing tell her she's going to be your wife. And I just did not work up the courage. I kept getting up and going to the restroom saying, excuse me, I'll be back. I would go to the restroom and pray, say, Lord, help me, help me. It wasn't until years later, maybe days or years later that I, it finally dawned on me that she probably thought I was sick or something because I kept going to the restroom. But nevertheless, I, I never got the courage to tell her what God was telling me. So the next day on Sunday, I have this really bad day with the, with the youth. 
And that evening I get home and I said, Lord, you know, if she's not the one, then get her out of my life because I'm not willing to uh, jeopardize or uh, throw away my calling for her or for anyone else. And I left it at that. And she can tell you a little bit more about, you know, when I picked her up. Yeah, it was, it was I let you drive my car. <laughs> and I said, oh, you can drive. I'll give you the directions. So we went with couple of my nephews like chaperones I guess I don't know they needed a ride to the wedding as well and yeah I just thought well he's going to the restroom a lot I hope he's okay <laughs> you know our, her parents were not believers but when I got down she tells the the story of what her mom said yes she when she saw you through the window she said con ese te vas a casar which means with him you're, you're gonna marry him and I was shocked because, you know, my husband said he later, t he tells, he tells me later on if it's of God, you know, he'll, he's going to touch everyone around us and everything's going to be okay. Cause I was so worried what are my parents going to say? I just, you know, met you kind of, even <clears throat> though we met as children, but I was worried about, you know, what are they going to say? And when my mom said that, I was shocked and pleasantly surprised and. And then my dad, I was worried about, oh, what is he going to say? You know, even though I was in my 20s, you know, the, we're talking marriage here and one of the youngest in the family. So it's hard to let your children go. But I can't imagine for a male, for a guy to, I think of our sons, how difficult, you know, they have to ask the, the girl to marry them and they have to be, put themselves out there. And it can be scary for a guy to just put his heart on out there and be fearless so I can understand you know looking back how hard it must have been to you're hearing God's voice saying tell her but you're, you're still human and I think of how how hard it must have been so but needless to say my dad was he was okay with it surprisingly yeah, so you know the the Sunday comes we don't talk and then Monday mm -hmm. she calls me and I finally say, okay, you know, I, I have to tell you something. I say, but please do not hang up on me. And she sounded a little worried. <laughs> but I, I said, you know, please don't hang up on me. And she says, okay. And I said, you know, I believe the Lord said that you're going to be my wife. And this is our first conversation we've ever had, you know, where we really spent time talking. And that's the thing I told her. I said, God said, you're going to be my wife. I said, but don't believe me. I say, it could have been, you know, the pizza I ate last night. I don't know. You pray about it and you let me know. Uh, let me know what uh, what God tells you. And then we didn't speak for three days. And then on the third day, she called me. All this calling and calling. I think you <laughs> called me a few times. I don't. I don't remember that. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> but you know, she. Then she called me about three days later, and she was crying. And, and she tells me, you know, I just got out of the shower, I was brushing my hair, and the Lord spoke to me and said, just like I made Eve for Adam, I made you for him. And uh, you need to listen to him and marry him. Uh, and I've been listening ever since. <laughs> Good one. Yeah, But, you know, she called me, she was crying, and I always told people, I said, I, I don't know if she was crying because God told her to marry me. Um, and she didn't want to or because God told her to marry me and she was happy about it. So well, it's one of those where you just know God's voice and he's just got 
he's got a hold of your your heart, your mind, everything, and and you're hearing him as clear as day. So I knew, okay, this is this is God, and this is what we need to do. And then she said, you know, but what are my plans? And I said, well, I said, if if God is in this, I said, every every everybody will be okay with it. We're gonna be okay. And I said, so let's get married in March. This is Christmas Day when she tells me, yes, this is what God said. And I said, so let's get married in March. I I had a date March 14th, and and she wanted an October date. And I said, no, you know, it has to be like March 14th. And we we said, you know, well, we don't have anything. And I, I told my sister, my oldest sister, and she was selling jewelry at the time. And she said, well, I have rings. If you don't have rings, I have rings. So she gave us our, our wedding bands. And then I had a um, a member of our church where, where I was, uh, I was a youth pastor. And I've been helping him with his marriage. And he came up to me and says, hey, Jose, you know, do you have a limousine yet? And I said, no. So he pulls out his wallet and, you know, takes out a lot of money and just starts shuffling through it and says, is this enough? And I said, I, I guess so. And then one of my professors uh, that was also a member at, at the church comes up to me and says, what's the most expensive thing you have? I said, well, the photographer. He says, okay, I'll get you a check on, on Sunday. And then the church got together and said, we're going to pay for the reception hall. And then her church got together and said, we have all the catering. And then her siblings got together and said, we'll buy her the dress. And my mom's a seamstress, and she said she's going to make all the dresses for everybody there. Mm-hmm. Uh, then our, our church paid for the honeymoon. And within two weeks, everything was paid for. I had $10 in my pocket when I finally got worked up the courage to tell her yeah. that she was going to be my wife and it's a good thing i didn't know that yeah me too you know so so we everything was paid for and prepared like within two weeks and then we just spent the rest of the time just going to premarital counseling mm-hmm. and and doing that i guess she, she can tell you a little bit on yeah, her we, side um, i had wanted october because i thought you know we needed more time to get everything ready had a big family on both sides and I thought it's we want I wanted a big wedding so many people in it you know the the bridal court and so I thought October would be better but looking back now my dad had cancer so by the time October would have rolled around he was too sick to walk me down the aisle so I'm glad we did the March wedding because he was able to do that and, but he um, knew that he had cancer. Yeah, you know? no one knew. He kept it to himself. And the reason we found out was because he had driven somewhere. It had already gone to spread to his brain. They found him. He was lost. He was disoriented. He didn't know where he was. So they found him. And that's how we knew that he had cancer. You were the only one that he walked down the aisle. Yeah, so. yes. I'm the only one of actually everyone. There's eight of us. So I'm number seven of eight. But yeah, he was able to do that. So we have some pictures and the video. So I'm glad we did it in March. Yeah, God knew what he was doing. Yes. And you know, my when I told my dad, <laughs> what you know, the fu- funny thing is, my wife, as I mentioned, she was a teacher at the time. Uh, so the Friday that she called me back was the last day before the Christmas break, where they go on break for two weeks. So. 
by the time she gets back to school two weeks later, you know, two and a half, mm-hmm. two and a half weeks later or so, you know, she leaves single, not dating, mm-hmm. not seeing anyone. And she comes back engaged and with a whole wedding already planned out. <laughs> yeah, my coworkers, yeah, they had a field day with that one. <laughs> They're surprised. Yeah, so I, I went and told my parents I'm getting married and they're like, okay, you know, because that's just the way my parents were with me. Did they I, believe you? Well, you know, whatever I said, they were just like, okay, you know, it's a time he's thinking of, you know, speaking life or speaking, you know, future faith. or something, mm-hmm. faith. And so I just told them, I said, I'm getting married. And they said, okay, and laughed. But then I told them, no, really? And then my dad said, well, who is it? And I said, well, it's... This uh, this girl that I met, you know, when we we're kids, and this what's gonna happen? He goes, okay, well, then when are we going to her house? So that's when I called you and I said, hey, you know, my, my dad wants to talk to your mom and dad. Scary. <laughs> Here we are in our twenties. It's kind of neat some of the traditions that, you know, the dad wants to go and meet the other parents. Mm-hmm. Make sure. So they, my wife told her parents and they agreed and we had some, I think we had dinner and some sweet bread and some coffee. And then we went and we sat and they chit chatted Mm -hmm. for a bit. And then my dad Mm -hmm. says, well, you know, the reason I'm here is because my son wants to marry your daughter. Mm -hmm. And I'm here to ask for her hand in marriage for my son. Mm -hmm. And I remember my father-in-law looked at me and said, "Uh, are you going to take care of her? I said, uh, yes, sir, I promise. And he said, okay. He and said, I'll do my best to make her happy. Yes. And then he said, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. And. But I think there was something very spiritual about that, too, because we honored our parents in that way, especially our, our dads who are no longer here on this earth. Mm-hmm. But I see the way the kids our children treat us like there's a certain sense of honor. I don't know, respect, obedience, even though, yes, they have their moments where they misbehave or whatever. But I believe that when you see that, even though they weren't around when we were engaged and we went through all this, I believe it's just uh, generational. Yeah. It's in our yeah. children now. You know, we weren't kids. We were 27 oh. living on our own. Yes. <laughs> so we yeah. were living on our own, but they wanted to do it. So My we're dad like, we wanted said, to okay. do this, and yeah. we we agreed. We yeah. we submitted to that, and mm-hmm. we planned our own wedding. We did everything on our own. You know, my wife, of course, invited my mother in law to to go along and help and mm-hmm. put some input. Mm-hmm. But really, it was just it was our wedding because again, we were living on our own. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were twenty seven, and they wanted to to do this, and we we honored them by doing that. And then a big Mexican wedding. Yes, we had 45 45 people stood in our wedding. Five flower girls. Five flower girls. Two maids of honor. Yes. Two best men. Yes. The traditional. And we have mariachis. Yes. A big mariachi group, too. It was amazing. My friend Oscar. By the way, Oscar, if you're listening, thank you. (laughs) Yes, thank you, Oscar. Yeah, we had a. Uh, as I mentioned, 45 people stood in it. Every Everybody had dresses. Everybody was, uh, the hall was filled. Food ran out. And they told us we out. wouldn't be able to find a hall, remember? Yeah. Because it was two months, three months away. Yeah, yeah, it was like nine weeks away. And they said, nope, okay. there's nothing available. Yeah. We found one within a couple of days. And a very good price, too. Yes. 
Beautiful place. Mm-hmm. And it was it filled out the day of our wedding. Yes, it, rained it rained like crazy. The limo got stuck in the yeah. mud at church. <laughs> so, so my brother had to drive us in my car, mm-hmm. with my big old dress in the back seat from the church to the reception. So that was an adventure. Yes. Thank you, Bob, so, for doing that. <laughs> yeah, Cunhal, thank you. The yeah, the the limo was stuck because it was so much rain. And even with all that rain, the church was full. People had to be standing on the hallway. In the hall, and, too, the reception. And then when we were taking pictures mm-hmm. at the church, one of the guys uh, from the church called me and said, Pastor, you know, we're, we're out of chairs over here and you're not even here. Yeah. <laughs> I said, well, sit them wherever. It doesn't yes. matter. Just sit them somewhere. Yeah. And in the table of honor, you know, the court, Took we were sitting on one side and, yes. you know, there's people guests they were sitting mm-hmm. right across from us because yeah. we just didn't have enough I, there were so room. many people there yeah it seemed like everyone had a great time yes it was good um, had fun uh, at the wedding i met my some brothers-in-law for the <laughs> yes. first time i uh-huh. hadn't met anybody so yes i met my brothers-in-law for the first time at the wedding nieces and nephews <laughs> and me too yeah. yeah we're meeting family for the first time after we said yeah. i do but it seemed like everyone was genuinely happy for us looking mm-hmm. back it's amazing then we, we we go to puerto Valle. we they bought a, a week for us over there and the day we get there the concierge tells me well sir there's a, a cancellation we were wondering if you would want a, a beachfront room top <laughs> floor I, yeah, top, I said, well, how much? And she said, well, it's just going to be $20 more. I said, okay, well, I'll take yes. it. So everything kind of worked out perfectly. Incredible. We, we went and we, we went parasailing. We went on a, a dining cruise. We bought gifts for all our family. We have a big family. As mm-hmm. my wife mentioned, she's number seven of eight. I'm number four of eight. And we just went crazy buying gifts for everybody. And we got back and we still had money that we weren't able to spend Mm -hmm. because of the generosity of everyone that showed up to our wedding and and just blessed us. Again, I had $10 in my pocket. And here we come back with all of this. And it's just an incredible, incredible blessing. Yeah, looking back when we have, when we go through trials that we've been through in the last 23 years, I'm reminded of the miracle of our wedding, how Mm -hmm. God perform this out of nothing and we totally did it by faith we sure did and we have been living by faith ever since yes we have we we've been married now 23 years four incredible children it's just and i know all parents say this but you know we um we we truly have been blessed with our children they're they're just wonderful they serve god they're healthy yes my prayer for our children had always been that they serve the Lord with all their heart, that they love his people, love his house, those three things. And I, I see that in their lives. Never force them to go to church, but there they are, mm-hmm. encouraging us at times. Yes. And we we have an incredible church. Yes. Uh, my wife came into ministry. Mm-hmm. She was helping with youth. I was already in full-time ministry, so she comes into another story. <laughs> that's another story. <laughs> that, that's a story for another day. It was yes. just something, but you know, she's she has been faithful, um, a faithful friend, a faithful partner, co-laborer, 
and co-host <laughs> co-host of life together yeah. yes. you know we we've been doing this uh as i mentioned for about 23 years and we uh, we're humbled by everything god has done everything we have been through but that's how how we met we really met when we were kids mm-hmm. we didn't speak she was praying for a husband i was praying for ministry God said, your ministry can't go forward until you get married, and then told me who to get married to, and and here we are. I remember one of the first conversations we had, she was asking me, well, you know, how do you know that you love me? Yeah. (laughs) I said, well, I said, God knows everything about you, and he knows everything about me, so he'll give me that love for you, like he'll give you the love for me. And he did. Yeah, and, and I think it was at that very moment when it happened, mm-hmm. even though we hadn't seen each other, mm-hmm. you know, we it was just something that God did. It doesn't make sense, but faith doesn't often make sense. Right. You just got to go with that. With and, your faith. and that's what we've been trying to teach our children. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's better to leave that relationship in God's hands. And God knows exactly who you need so that you can do life together. Yes. So, but you know, that's a, a little short version of our, of how I met my other. And, and we hope that we, we would be able to talk to you a little bit more concerning our journey, our journey, talk to you about relationship, some challenges, family issues, family struggles, uh, raising children. Again, not that we're experts in this, but just give you some tips, maybe something outside of the box that, that you haven't tried. Or that'll help you stay encouraged and in the faith and in ministry. Yes. And if you're not a believer, don't worry about it. We're not asking you to become a believer. No. We're, we're trying to help you. Mm-hmm. If you are in any relationship, you know, I pray that our, our talks Mm-hmm. We'll be able to help you become the people that that you need to be and to have the relationship that you've been dreaming of. Yes. I, yeah, we're not too much into what people call religion or being religious. Our kids joke about how we have an arranged marriage. I never thought of that, but it's true. God arranged it. But there there are tips that don't need to be, you know, what you would call religious. But we're here to help you to in any way. In your marriage, in your life. Yes. And please uh, do share the the podcast with your friends. Uh, share them uh, with your relatives. Uh, put it on your social media. We would love to have more listeners. This is our first episode. And we'll be here weekly, uploading some episodes weekly. So uh, by next week, I'll have the website ready so that you can also listen uh, through our website. Uh, but for now, you can go to Apple Podcast and Spotify, and I believe that it's already on there. Together with Dr. J and Ruby is the title of the podcast, so you can look for it there. And once again, we are humbled and privileged and honored that you have chosen to uh, listen to our podcast. Have a good one. Again, thank you so much. I am your host, Dr. J, with my incredible wife Back at and you, babe. co-host. Back at you, babe. <laughs> we'll see you next. We'll talk next week. Be blessed. Mm-hmm.